7 called the gospel according to Jesus. Um, I think Norman Mailer's a Jew, actually. Um, um, but he wrote this gospel according to Jesus. He got quite a lot of criticism that he kept it too close to the original text, um, which seems a good criticism from our perspective, I guess. But there was many little moments in that book which, because Norman Mailer as a novelist was looking at the life of Jesus, sticking pretty close to the uh, original text, that, uh, that opened up some places for me. And one of those is in the baptism of Jesus, where Mailer talks about this line that, um, that uh, Steve read earlier, where the heavens opened. And Mailer would suggest that when the heavens opened, Jesus saw everything that the Father was going to do in the kingdom through his ministry. It's a novelist trying to imagine But it's a wonderful idea that Jesus might see all that was down the road. That when the heavens opened, he saw all that was going to be redeemed. It's a great way to look at a new year. What would it be like if we could see all that God was going to do in us and through us in 2020? But of course then also Jesus and we're not sure about the amount of water, and we can debate that as Presbyterians and Baptists and all that we are in the room. Um, how much water was in there? And Stephen McElwain, no doubt, having lived in that area, would be more accurate than that and tell us exactly how much water there is. But there's this image, whether it's actual or not, of baptism being a bursting through. The old life is led to rest, and the new life bursts through. And for Jesus, there's something of a newness here. Yes, he has been with for 90% of his ministry. Don't forget last term's teaching. Jesus was content. God was content to just be with for 90% of his ministry. But there's something that happens when John obeys Jesus in this particular passage. John is the key leader at this moment in these wacky, edgy religious terms. And he succumbs to Jesus asking of him in the baptism. And in this moment, Jesus bursts through the waters into these three specific years of ministry that we have the most detail about. Something new is happening. This is more than the Old Testament books being handed down or the scrolls being opened in the synagogue. This is God, not in words that we would hear, but in flesh and blood among us. A whole new dispensation has happened as a result of Jesus' arrival on earth. And this baptism symbolizes it in some sense. And if we went to what Melanie read in Acts chapter 10, we find that Peter, having had this humbling experience of having to realize that this new decade, not decade, this new dispensation, this new approach that God now has among humanity means that even some food that he thought was unclean is no longer so, and that the Gentiles are an incredibly big part of the deal. Which, of course, if we've been coming along to our How to Read the Bible series, we would be seeing almost book after book, as Cindy even took us to last week, that this covenant to Abraham back in Genesis is not just for the people of Israel, but that the people of Israel are to bless all the nations are included in that covenant, even back in Genesis. So we have this newness happening. 
Something is different than it was. Matthew has specific reasons for what he does, as all editors of uh, gospel books have. And Matthew is trying to show us the divinity of Jesus, the importance, the Christocentric that I talked about on a Sunday uh, uh, November time, that we need to have Christ at the centre of all that we do. And a radically monotheistic Jewish community to begin to worship or see as Lord a person who had come among them had to deal with a lot of theology because this was monotheistic. There was only one God and suddenly there's these followers of someone else who's claiming to be God. Is this another God? Are there two gods? No, what Matthew's trying to do in his gospel is to show us that this Jesus is the God that we've been worshipping down the years beforehand. And so we too are baptised into a new identity. Christocentric. And I was thinking as this sermon took off from pretty much a personal instrument of your peace, Pierce Pettis song at communion type thing. Because when I take this to communion, I hope you've sensed over the years that I'm trying to do something quite devotional and quite um, personal. And what happens when the, 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 the bread uh, and the wine uh, is given out. As I listened to Pierce and thought about us as a community of people committing ourselves as individuals to the year, the decade, I didn't have the words in those days, the new approach ahead, it was very personal. It was what this Jesus bursting through the waters of baptism was going to mean to us as we burst through those waters, baptized ourselves into this new identity at some stage of our lives. It was personal. But then as this week went on, there is no way in Fitzroy that we could go through a morning service without talking Stormont. So suddenly we'd move from the personal to the communal, the societal. We'd move from, I suppose, the vertical me and God to the horizontal me and the society around me. How do those two things work? And I think one of the things that we have to be incredibly careful of, particularly in Fitzroy, um, but um, because we are, we are aware of it, is to get the right balance in everything that we do. Whether that's the songs we sing, the prayers we pray, uh, the worship we do, the Sunday night events that we have, uh, the teaching that's going on now in our Sunday schools to the youth work. Everything we do in Fitzroy is trying to get the balance right between what is my vertical relationship with God and what is the horizontal responsibility of a discipleship, missional life in the horizontal. Because if we're out of sync with that, then we get it wrong. And forgive me, but most of the churches I grew up in, it was very, very vertical. There was very little horizontal. And I think if we listen to what Gladys is reporting back in Grace and considering Grace that she is doing uh, on Thursday the 6th of February at St. John's Falls Road with Seamus Mallon as her guest and Dave Thompson on music, as we reflect on that book, we probably reflect on a Presbyterian church that is being accused in those interviews of being too vertical. People saying they never met the Presbyterian minister in their local community events. People saying they never heard a sermon about the troubles when it was all going off around us. There was no sermons about the very thing that we were living through. It was very vertical. It was about my soul and God, and it wasn't very much about the horizontal. (coughs) 
When we realize that, the danger is to be reactionary and to become so horizontal that we lose the vertical. And what we need to find, and I had to look it up and try and work it out, I have nothing in physics. I don't mean I have very little physics. I mean I have no physics. I don't even mean I have no physics. I have minus deficiency in physics. That where the horizontal and the vertical meet is apparently the origin. And if we're going to live a 10-10 discipleship, missional Christian life, Christocentric, then we have to live at that place of origin. Where actually what happened at Stormont and Friday is not just horizontal. Because it has to be vertical. Because there is nothing that's personal in my life. Because anything that's personal with God in my life has to have implications on the love of neighbor and enemy and kingdom and community. That there's no way we can be off balance and live the Christian life that Jesus called us to live. Jim Wallace from Sojourners talks about how he left church when he was a teenager because his church met in a very poor black community. And he saw the racism and the segregation and the injustices of that. And when he talked to his elders about it, they said, don't you worry about any of that, son. You just pray and read your Bible. Well, Jim's problem was he was reading his Bible and it was causing him concern. So he left the church because there was too much in the vertical. It didn't meet anything in the horizontal and he left. And at one stage, he was such a community uh, student leader in America that he says he could bring millions of students onto the streets within half an hour, and he had no cell phones or email or social media. He was this student secular protest guru. But eventually he said, I needed to get back to the church because the horizontal without the vertical is impotent. We've got to find that place where there never is a vertical and a horizontal because both blend in to the one. So when the sky opens, we see the kingdom of God and all that God's trying to do. When the saviour of the world bursts through, it deals with my sinfulness and sends me out to help to deal with the darkness in the world around us. So what about our contributions then? I ask you in the offering to consider what you would offer to God for a new stormant. So on the way up the road, it's not only better for your amount of steps and fitness to walk, but it spiritually gives you more time to pray than when you drive. Something I'm learning. So I wrote this. And I challenge us to see, this is me trying to get my vertical and horizontal right. May it be something for all of us. Politicians, I thank you. And there will be those who will be cynical, who will sneer at you, who will be glass half empty or even throwing the water all over the table. There will be those who will be negative, who will concentrate on the last three years or drag the negatives of the years before that up. I am going to refuse to look back. Yet I want to learn from the past. But let us push forward. I am going to vote. Not by the way of an old nurtured intuitive colour code or in a reactionary opposite of that. No, I commit to deal with my sectarianism and be alert to the the dangers of inverted sectarianism and to vote for the best politician, the one who will work for the common good of all. I will pray for you all. 
I will be there to help in any way that I can. I will be on call to listen if any of you should ever need. And I will be there to provoke even when you don't want me to do that. I will be bringing before you a book that I believe in. A book that I believe to be the word of God. A book that even if you don't believe it is the word of God, I believe can help us all. It has wisdom on new beginnings. It is strong in envisioning the future. It dreams of turning Saracen tanks into surgical equipment. It encourages enemies to love one another. It is angry at injustice. It is compassionate towards the hungry, the homeless and the prisoner. It is good in humility, brilliant in self-critique and brings redemption. And so thank you for this new decade and this new approach. We beg you to make sure that it is not a false dawn. Do not let us go back to the night. Lead us forward into a brighter day for all. I commit myself to pray, to live, and to contribute, and to put my shoulder to the task of building a country of grace. Martin and I have been saying for a number of years that we don't believe that peace and shalom will come down the mountain from Stormont to us. We believe that it has to flow up the hill to Stormont from us and the four quarters festival is a festival that wants to try and do that friday night we will be in a prison with church leaders community leaders and hopefully the justice minister and various other people that we've already prayed for in church this morning we will be looking at how presbyterians dealt with the troubles and seamus mal will be a critique of that we are longing to get that into the hands of Sinn Féin that they might respond not during the festival but after the festival on that book We will be bringing together the four chairmen, well, three chairmen and a vice chairman of the four football clubs in Belfast. And the sports editor of The Telegraph says he never remembers them ever being in the same room in that kind of situation. To ask them what they're doing or what we can do to help them to deal with sectarianism on our street. We will be looking at all these things because it's our contribution. And Fitzroy, it's your contribution because not only are we involved in planning it but you're there thankfully to support us let me be an instrument of your peace let me be a tool of your hand crooked and warped though I might be let me do some good here while I can there's all kinds of good we can do in the conversations of our day in the prayers that we pray, in the attitudes that we don't only have, but we bring out among others, in the friendships that we have across the communities. There are so many contributions we can make because our leaders do not sit in Stormont alone. Our leaders sit in front of me now. Now. Every one of you is a leader. Somebody led me to support Manchester City. Somebody led me to like the Beatles. Somebody led you to all kinds of things. It wasn't a prophet. It wasn't an international celebrity. It wasn't a politician. It was somebody who sat beside you at lunch or worked alongside you or played golf with you or you meet on a casual basis. Everything we do this week is leadership. And every kind time we lead other people, we change the world around us. And maybe just, 
maybe just bring about some of those things that Jesus saw when the heavens opened and he saw everything that is life and death and resurrection and ascension achieved, achieves and will continue to achieve. Let's contribute. Because the vertical without the horizontal is wrong as much as the horizontal without the vertical is wrong. And if we're going to follow Jesus, we need to follow in a way that impacts both. Let us pray. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. We offer ourselves again. Let us be vessels for your grace kindling of your light let us do some good here while we can Lord it's January we're maybe apathetic we maybe go through the motions we're maybe struggling with faith but it's January there's a new opportunity for a new decade a new approach a new beginning Baptism gives a sign of it. Paul coming out of his, Peter rather, coming out of his scenario with Cornelius suggests we might need to change attitudes, opinions. But Lord, we give ourselves to you. And as in a moment or two we take this bread and wine, we pray that you would use this sacrament as a chance for us to be equipped and cleansed for what is ahead. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.